Civil war. It's an almost oxymoronic statement, as conflicts are rarely civil, and civil wars tend to be some of the most brutal conflicts. The closeness of combatants, former statesmen, or even siblings, ironically results in the most savage fighting and hatred between former comrades burns hotter than those that were never allies. Such was the Jedi Civil War, also known as the Second Sith War, the Old Republic Insurrection, the Malak War, and by the Mandalorians as a War of the Starforge. The renowned Jedi Knight Revan, previously hailed as a hero for his triumphs in the Mandalorian Wars, turned to the dark side and established his own Sith Empire. Alongside his apprentice Darth Malak, Revan launched an, an invasion of the Galactic Republic in 3959 BBY utilizing a massive Sith fleet acquired from the Unknown Regions. They swiftly took control of Korriban, revitalized the Sith Academy, and gained access to the powerful Starforge, a station that could manufacture limitless resources. Their ultimate goal was to conquer the Republic and prepare for an imminent threat from a hidden Sith Empire lurking in the Unknown Regions. Revan's strategic brilliance and the alliances forged within the Mandalorian War veterans, Sith followers, and converted Dark Jedi allowed the Sith forces to wreak havoc upon the Republic. They pushed the Republic to the brink of defeat, but a trap devised by the Jedi, unintentionally aided by Malak, severely injured Revan and fractured his mind. You are listening to the Star Lore's Podcast. Turning from their failed attempt to destroy the secret Sith Empire, metastasizing in the outer reaches of the unknown regions, Revan and Malak found their minds now dominated by the ancient Sith Lord Darth Tenebrae. Given the power of a fleet, a new task to seek out the ancient Starforge, a relic left behind by the more ancient and insidious Rakatan Infinite Empire. Lost to time, the Starforge harnesses the power of a star and the force to manufacture almost infinite war materials, from the most fearsome battle cruisers to the arms of the lowliest grunt. The station, however, was lost until Revan and Malak uncovered a star map in an ancient burial mound near the Jedi Enclave on Dantooine proving themselves worthy to the droid guardian. Revan and Malak access the map, which unlocked their pieces scattered on worlds, across the galaxy, ultimately leading to the forgotten Rakatan system, and revealing the location of the forge. Upon accessing the ancient machine, 
the influence of the Dark Lord Tenebrae waned, and Revan found himself returned to his own will. Despite his newfound faculties, Revan remained on his course to the dark side, now of his own volition. He would start a new Sith Empire, his own Sith Empire, and he would use the power of the Starforge to realize this new ambition. Building an Army With arms manufacturing secure, Revan would need soldiers for his war with the Jedi and the Republic. Recruiting from their former allies, many Republic soldiers who had followed Revan during the Mandalorian Wars, as well as support from previously liberated populations from the Mandalorian Menace, flocked to Revan's new Imperial banners. A pact of former Jedi allies, having tainted their souls with war, jaded by their treatment and dismissal by an ungrateful Republic and unsympathetic Jedi Order, would also rejoin Revan, now as acolytes of the Dark Side. One of his first conquests would be Korriban, resurrecting the tomb world with the Sith Academy, and beginning to recruit and train a new generation of Sith. However, for Revan's empire, Sith teachings would not remain exclusive to those Force adepts. The teachings and philosophies of the Sith would pervade all members and soldiers. Donning armor of alien provenance, most polished with a mirror sheen, supplemented by soldiers in crimson, with face masks that hid all humanity, these new soldiers absorbed their new Sith doctrines and became as fearsome as they were cruel. These new Sith troopers, at first former soldiers of the Republic, bolstered by the worlds they would conquer, embodied the teachings of the Sith even though they themselves were not Force-sensitive. Purging the ranks of the weakest, what remained were the strongest Sith troops. The brutality of their own force also ensured loyalty in the ranks, through fear, which was then exuded outwards against their enemies and the people they occupied, bullying or harassing locals. Despite their new ideological formation, they were not all fanatical, and some simply became soldiers as a career, or simply out of a general belief that the new Sith Empire would better administer the galaxy than the Republic could. Supplementing the war droids built by the Starforge, Revan also commissioned the building of the now infamous HK series assassin droid to help with the coming war and to carry out political assassinations and instill fear in the Republic. Command and Conquest With his army at the ready, Revan and Malak would begin their conquest of the Republic. Situated in the deep core region, the shipyards located at Forrost were renowned as one of the Republic's Navy's largest facilities for constructing warships. Approximately 40 years prior, during the peak of the Great Sith War, the shipyards fell victim to a raid orchestrated by a coalition of Krath and Mandalorians. 
This audacious attack resulted in the theft of around 300 Republic warships, which were subsequently employed in an assault on Coruscant. Darth Revan and Darth Malak sought to replicate the success of the earlier raid. With the aid of codes provided by Saul Carith, the Sith bombers cunningly bypassed the perimeter sensor nets, evading detection as they penetrated the inner defenses of the shipyards. Sith forces commenced a devastating onslaught, seizing control of numerous Republic warships through boarding actions. These commandeered vessels swiftly joined the fleet of Sith ships that had assembled to ensure the raid's triumph. Empowered by this influx of resources, the forces led by the former Jedi initiated their assault upon the unsuspecting galaxy. Recalling their leadership during the Mandalorian Wars, a significant number of Republic officers and soldiers defected to the new Dark Lords of the Sith. This enabled Revan and Malak to swiftly establish a Sith Empire without encountering significant resistance. Battles erupted at Rosh, Axila, Gizar, and Randon as the Sith Lords expanded their dominion. They secured control over a region around the Rima trade route and Corellian trade spine crossroads, with actions at Yagdul acquiring the Tapini sector and Fondor's shipyards in the process. Other Sith-controlled areas emerged near the Alantine system and Gamor. In the core worlds, Corellia, Duro, and Belasa fell under Sith rule. The Republic managed to contain the Sith in their strongholds despite failed attempts by the Sith to break out. With Republic victories at Kaminar, Denon, Devaron, Ramamul, and Foles. Nevertheless, the new Sith Empire eventually claimed about a third of the settled galaxy. Understanding the necessity of corporate support for their war effort, Revan forged an alliance with the Zerka Corporation, a galaxy-spanning conglomerate engaged in various activities such as mining, slavery, and the manufacturing of arms, armor, and droids. Zerka Corporation was granted a trade monopoly within Sith space, and they played a pivotal role in establishing and developing the Dreshte colony on Korriban as part of the Sith's supply network. Throughout the war, Zerka Corporation provided crucial logistical support to the Empire. One prominent corporate officer, Pollard Sierrio offered control of a hidden military research facility known as Zerka 431 to the Sith. This facility conducted experiments on juggernaut war droids, overseen by scientist Joni Ree. Hoping to assist the Republic, Ree disclosed the outpost location, planning to escape during the ensuing attack. The Republic dispatched a small force that successfully destroyed the base. Subsequently, Re, along with three other soldiers, was sent to AB-343, a location captured by the Republic early in the war, to gather intelligence. 
unbeknownst to each other, the Sith and the Gino Haradin bounty hunter guild sent assassins to eliminate the team. The two assassins, unaware of each other's presence, launched their attacks upon finding their targets. In the year 3958 BBY, Admiral Saul Kareth made a public announcement of his decision to abandon his allegiance to the Republic. To prove his loyalty to Darth Malak, he was tasked with carrying out a devastating assault on the strategically significant planet of Telos IV. Given command of a fleet of Sith warships, Kareth positioned his forces around the planet and demanded the surrender of its government. When the local authorities refused to capitulate, he authorized a merciless orbital bombardment. The attack was executed with ruthless efficiency, resulting in the annihilation of all flora and fauna on the once thriving world. The bombardment also caused the atmosphere to deteriorate into a toxic haze leading to the production of a corrosive acid rain. While a portion of the population managed to escape on local shuttles, millions perished, and many others suffered due to shortages of medical supplies and the lingering effects of the devastating assault. Kareth's forces then withdrew from the system, deliberately allowing the evacuation ships to survive unharmed so that the refugees aboard would serve as witnesses to the Sith's destructive power. A Republic task force, including Commander Carthonassi, arrived in the system shortly afterward, but their arrival was too late to prevent the tragedy. Their primary objective became ensuring the safe passage of evacuees to secure locations where they could find refuge. The Sith had their eyes on capturing Iridonia, the homeworld of the Zabrak, and wiping out the Republic fleet stationed there. To accomplish this, they dispatched Kaidi, a former Jedi, to pave the way for the impending attack. Infiltrating a group of stranded Mandalorians on the planet, Akadi assumed leadership over them and directed them to destroy a crucial Republic military communications center, setting the stage for the Sith assault. As the plan progressed, Akadi no longer needed the Mandalorians and devised a treacherous scheme to eliminate them. He arranged for some of the Mandalorians to encounter his former Jedi comrade, Duqua Dar. With cunning manipulation, Akadi convinced Dar to turn against the Jedi Order, claiming they were holding him back. Their conversation was overheard by a group of Jedi and spacers who had been working alongside Dar. Akadi and Dar had to flee, seeking refuge in a secret hangar in the city of Wartan. While Dar awaited in the hangar with Sith commandos, Akadi and his team embarked on a shuttle to sabotage the Republic flagship, Champion of Iridonia, stationed above the planet. The Jedi and Spacers managed to track them down and confronted them. A fierce battle ensued, 
resulting in the defeat of Akadi and the Commandos, thwarting the immediate threat to the champion. However, during the encounter, a sizable Sith fleet arrived, engaging the Republic forces in a heated battle. Despite the efforts of the Jedi, a significant number of Republic ships defected to the Sith, leading to the eventual capture of Iridonia by the Dark Forces. In the aftermath, the Sith went on to successfully campaign against Palani, a planet located on the hyperlane to Coruscant, and a Republic offensive against Ithor ultimately ended in failure. The Sith campaign of conquest continued to pose a significant threat to the stability of the galaxy. Despite their strong successes, the Empire did lose in a number of small engagements, including the defeat of Darth Glavok over the planet Nirian. Despite this, the war raged on, and the Republic struggled to withstand the relentless assaults from the fleets commanded by Darth Revan and Malak. In a bid to shift the tide of the conflict, or, at the very least, gain some respite, the Jedi Council devised a plan to capture both Sith Lords, hoping to cripple the Sith by depriving them of their formidable leaders and tacticians. The plan was implemented in two phases. Firstly, a group of skilled Republic operatives, accompanied by a pair of Jedi, successfully obtained crucial data on the Sith Lord's fleet stationed on Cern Pedal. Armed with this valuable intelligence and aided by the extraordinary battle meditation talents of the young Jedi Padawan Bastila Shan, who possessed a unique ability to influence and bolster Republic forces in battle. A small Republic fleet engaged the combined armadas of Darth Revan and Malak. During the intense fleet engagement, Bastila Shan led a strike team comprising a diverse group of Republic soldiers and Jedi to infiltrate Darth Revan's flagship and advance towards the command deck. The exact number of Jedi involved in the operations remains unknown, but at least four managed to reach the bridge alongside one Republic soldier. Faced with unwavering determination, Revan swiftly dispatched anyone who dared confront him. Standing firmly on the command deck of his ship, he employed the force to choke the Republic soldier, preparing himself to engage in a duel against Bastila Shan and her dwindling group of allies. The duel was interrupted, however, when Revan's flagship was bombarded by an allied ship, the bridge specifically targeted. Former Friends, Bitter Enemies Darth Malak was originally known as Alec and hailed from the planet Quelli, specifically from a village called Squinquorgesimus. Fleeing the destruction brought upon his homeworld by the Mandalorians, 
Alec sought refuge in the Galactic Republic, and his village's name became his surname, according to the Republic's immigration records. Recognized for his Force sensitivity, Alec underwent Jedi training as a Padawan at the Jedi Enclave on Dantooine. Due to the difficulty of pronouncing his surname, his peers nicknamed him Squint. Throughout his time as a Padawan, Alec formed a close friendship with another fellow Padawan, who would later be known as Revan. Although Revan was considered the most powerful of the two, Alec's thirst for knowledge was evident, and like Revan, he sought additional training from Jedi Master Zar Leston, a Twi'lek Jedi and bustling galactic capital on the bustling galactic capital of Coruscant. Prior to the year 3964 BBY, both Alec and Revan completed their training and were granted the esteemed rank of Jedi Knight. Alec followed Revan throughout the Mandalorian Wars, and even called him his own honorary master. He would become Revan's right-hand man, loyal follower, and would go out to recruit other Jedi to their cause. During the war, Alec found himself captured by the Mandalorians, and the favorite test subject of the mad Mandalorian scientist Demigol, who tortured and experimented on Alec mercilessly. Beyond the mental scarring, Alec would lose all his hair due to the traumatic experience. Alec would encounter the rogue Jedi apprentice Zane Carrick and his band of rogues on numerous occasions, though they maintained a positive personal relationship. Alec was involved in the Adaska affair and helped Carrick uncover the Jedi Covenant conspiracy. It was at this time that he adopted the name Malak and adorned his hairless head with blue-gray tattoos, adopting the nom de guerre as an alias to help him evade the authorities that had been issued against the Revenkists. Malak would become more irritable, his hatred for the Mandalorians cemented after the discovery of the Cathar massacre, combined with his own experience of torture, and he would become impulsive and violent. He became known for his being headstrong, and though he lacked the tactical acumen of his mentor Revan, was a formidable war leader in his own right. Despite the ravages of war, Malak did feel drawn back to the Jedi Order, though he chose to remain loyal to his friend. Malak had become jaded by the war and engaged in increasing moral shortcuts to expedite victory, making him more intolerant of weakness. After Malakor V, Malak wanted Revan to assassinate Mitra Sirik with an HK series droid when she elected to return to the Jedi. However, Revan did not allow this to happen. Following the end of the war, Malak dutifully followed Revan into the unknown regions and discovered the Sith Empire under Darth Tenebrae. Subjugated with his mentor, he was anointed apprentice to Revan, becoming Darth Malak, a role as subjugate that he begrudgingly accepted. After the rise of the new Sith Empire and discovery of the Starforge, Malak had become increasingly jealous of his master, who he challenged openly and accused him of becoming soft. The insult led to a duel where Revan removed Malak's jaw with a lightsaber strike, forcing him to cover the terrible wound with a prosthetic cover and vocabulator. Malak's increasing jealousy and exa was exacerbated by his grievous wound, finally leading him to the fateful decision to usurp Darth Revan. The opportunity would arise when Basila Shan and the Jedi infiltrated Revan's flagship. Malak saw an opportunity to kill both his enemies and his rivals. He ordered his own fleet to target the bridge of Revan's command ship, intending to eliminate not only the Jedi boarding party, but also his former friend thus claiming the title of Dark Lord of the Sith for himself. What Malak didn't realize 
was that Revan was still alive, barely clinging to existence. As the sole survivor of Malak's treacherous attack, Shan used the Force to preserve the faint spark of life within Revan, creating an unforeseen and unpowerful bond between them through the Force. This connection would have significant consequences, though its true implications were yet to be understood by anyone at the moment. With a determination to save Revan's life, and perhaps guide him towards redemption, Shand evacuated Revan's body from the wreckage at the bridge and managed to escape the ongoing space battle. She brought him to the Jedi Enclave Council on the planet Dantooine. The experienced Jedi Masters Vandar Tolkar, Vruk Lamar, Zar Leston, and Dorak pooled their considerable Master of the Force to not only heal Revan's wounded body and mind, but also to erase his memories of ever having been the Dark Lord of the Sith. Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lores podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon. So if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server, head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Christian. This is Jordan. We're currently orbiting the quaint little planet of Kuali, Darth Malak slash Alex's uh, homeworld. Um, has a notoriously hard village name to say. Uh... <laughs> Which became Alex's surname. I'm going to go between Alec and Malik, but um, Squigasimarius, Squigasimarius, which is why everyone calls him Squint. <laughs> say it 10 times fast. Yeah, I can't even say it one time. <laughs> Slow. Yeah. Um, so today we're talking about the Jedi Civil War. Um, there's some thoughts just right out of the gate. The name of the conflict being the Jedi Civil War. It kind of sounds like a bit of a misnomer. Um, in that, like it, the the former Jedi are now openly calling themselves Sith. Like the war starts when Revan and Malak anointed Darth Revan and Malak go to war with the Republic. So it's um, it's kind of a strange name as a Jedi civil war. Kind of implicates like if Je- if Revan and Malak were still Jedi and 
drag their Jedi followers into open conflict against the council would be a more suitable name maybe. But technically a lot of their followers do end up joining them under the new Sith empire and going to war with the Republic anyways. Yeah. I mean, I think um, the only thing I would say to that is like, they would be probably by the larger galaxy still viewed as Jedi and maybe even like the Sith distinction isn't something that most people would know. And also they are like, they very much were a part of the Republic and yeah. And like heroes of the Republic. Exactly. So I'm, I could kind of see, but yeah, I I take your point. It it is a bit of a odd name. It's odd, but it's also, were they conquering? (laughs) Was it like a, a, an outside like intergalactic war? Yeah. Like that's what I, cause they're, they were influenced by a foreign power, the secret Sith empire to go out and start a new empire as a, like a, a second state. Yeah, but and they now use you have like primarily interly- citizens of the Republic. Sure, it, but that's only because there's entirely- no one else. <laughs> like, who else <laughs> yeah, do you no, use? No. Well, it wasn't like a different like species or. Sure, uh, that's that's all I'm saying. It was like like okay, so on that same token, the Clone Wars is more of a civil war because you have the Republic, like you have a secession yeah. from the Republic, but that's not called the civil war. And ironically enough, in Battlefront games. When you refer to the Galactic Civil War, it's actually talking about the insurgency against the Empire of the Rebellion. Yeah. Which that is also more suited as a civil that, that's war. That's like a civil war. But <laughs> still, like the Clone Wars is the the preeminent civil war almost based off of the real life American Civil War. Yeah. I Like, yeah, I agree it doesn't fit super neatly into a civil war, but I yeah. could maybe make the case that it is. Just it, because just, so I'm many... just pointing out, it just seems like an odd name yeah. for this conflict. Um, apparently part of that might be because it was also retroactively named, um, according to Chris Avalon, uh, it seems like they titled that war after the fact, like in real life, I mean. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they kind of saying the war was fought primarily between the Republic and the Sith empire that was at its core made up of forces formerly of the Republic. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, to me, it, like you could almost say it's like a rebel group of uh, the a rogue group, yeah, of a rogue, the rogue war. See that doesn't yeah. get a ring to it. That's yeah. Um, I'm not opposed. <laughs> the other thing to be noted is that this conflict it does go by a list of different names depending on yeah who's, that's true. who's calling it, which we listed earlier on the second Sith War because we have yet to mention, but we will do in the future. Talk about the Sith Wars, um, the Old Republic insurrection, which I think is a suitable name. The Malak War, which kind of ignores Revan starting yeah. the conflict. Um, and then the Mandalorians called it War of the Star Forge, which I think is apt. Yeah, well. yeah. That's probably the most accurate. Yeah. Um, maybe it wasn't super clear in this, but just a mention on the Star Forge. It is like a battle station. It is a space station. It's almost like a Death Star in appearance. I don't know if we it was super clear in the episode, but for anyone who hasn't played KOTOR... Uh, we also it. did, I believe, or maybe in our Rakatan Infinite Empire we episode, mentioned it. I went a little deeper into, into the, the uh, So Star go back Forge. to that episode and yeah. listen to it if you want a more Star Forge. Yeah. What is it? What does it do? Where did it come from? Yeah. I think that episode is called The Builders. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about A Tale of Two Revens. Um, we have discussed this before, but just to bring it up again, Revens Fall to the Dark Side. Uh, it was uh, 
initially posited that it fell due to some kind of corrupting force in the unknown regions made possible by the compromises made through the Mandalorian Wars and increasing ruthlessness. Um, the other side of that is that he willingly sacrificed his light side virtues to challenge an even greater threat, the coming true Sith Empire in the unknown regions. Um, the Republic was soft and weak, so Revan returned to harden the galaxy against a greater threat. So there's kind of two competing narratives as to like why Revan fell. Both are kind of obsolete by the third point that I'm going to bring up in a minute that everyone hates. But prior to this, Revan, um, I guess within the fan community, has these kind of two backstories. Is like, you know, he his soul was tainted by war. You kind of see those trends as we've described how the Mandalorians went. Um, kind of the scars they left on individuals and people in the galaxy. And it was that like slow grind of compromise that eventually led him to the dark side versus kind of a more tactical role where he embraces the dark side. It was like tries strategic to forge an empire because he, <laughs> he goes to the unknown the empire. Side, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He goes to the unknown reaches, discovers this entire Sith empire out yeah. there. He's like, this is a bigger threat than anything. Goes back, tries to conquer the Republic, seeing that it's like stagnant and weak. Yeah to forge like a strong bulwark against what he suspects is coming as a, a Sith full-blown invasion yeah. from, from Tenebrae. Um, I guess either one is possible still with the way they, they're kind of play it fast and loose around Revan because they try not to pin him down because he's supposed to be this like player character and that's supposed right, to be yeah. kind of like above right, us regular mortals. And it's like a choose your own adventure. Yeah. Right? So it's so. hard to, which I think is how they should leave it. They should leave it kind of open-ended. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, we do know that Revan's mind was dominated by Tenebrae. Yeah. At least in his initial conversion to the dark side. And then he kind of breaks free yeah. after they discover the Starforge. And they kind of like, okay, no, we're going to create an empire of our own. Now, is that because Revan had fully embraced the dark side? And he's like, no, this is my ambition now. Was it because Revan saw a future where he had to fight the Sith Empire and he needed to create his own empire to stop them? Or was it just he was, yeah, inherently corrupted by yeah, his I mean, experiences? My belief is that he was already well on his way to becoming. They they have all that build up, right? With yeah, a, a release if they remove that, right? Like, yeah, I mean, even before his mind was dominated, he was like clearly going to the dark side. Yeah. I think, and even like just the pursuit of like forbidden knowledge is like very dark side yeah motivated uh so i don't know that that's kind of my uh, the whole tenebrae dominating his mind is almost a moot point in some ways like he, he was already on the path maybe yeah. it's just like the he walked to the edge and like tenebrae's a guy that just gave him a little yeah. nudge over right yeah would he have fallen over would a gust of wind knocked him over <laughs> exactly but yeah, something to address. On the theory that he was trying to like strategically play the dark side and and also I guess a sub theory within the strategically playing the dark side would be he played the act and maybe he truly did fall into the dark side, right? Yeah. He did it for strategic and noble reasons and ultimately the dark side is too seductive and still overpowered him and he just embraced the dark side for real. Um but on that note, it is got echoes of uh a theory you often hear about Palpatine who tried to create his empire in order because he saw that he was on long threat imminently and was trying to harden the galaxy against that. So there's kind of echoes of that. Yeah. I'm starting to think these are just fans <laughs> wanting to insert their <laughs> I like I, I, I don't I, I don't like dislike it. the story. Yeah. Even if you think of something like the Death Star, that would have been like 
probably one of the best weapons you could use against the Yuzhan Vong, right? Like blow up their worlds. Yeah, yeah. their world ships. Yeah, like it. Uh, you know, it, it would make sense, but uh, like obviously, it's not. It's not canon. Canon. Yeah. In any, it's all our fanfic. So, yeah. I I I do have a soft spot for that theory, yeah. both for Palpatine and for uh, yeah, Revan's yeah. Even case. it it would it would definitely explain like the motivations a little better. I for Revan's case, maybe yeah. not necessarily for Palpatine, but in the case of Revan, I think it it could explain his motivations. Yeah. Okay, well, switching gears a little bit from Revan, who seems to dominate all our conversations because he's such a cool character. Um, this one I did want to talk a little bit more about Malik too, who's one. Oh wait, uh, sorry. Yeah. One thing I did want to say well, that was kind of interesting about Revan, um, how he sort of like his character arc sort of finished its full circle when he, um. It's hero's journey, if you will. Oh my gosh! Okay, uh, go, go on. <laughs> like when he initially, when he first like became the hero of the Republic, yeah, he he actually boarded the mothership of uh, Mandalore, the ultimate. Was that it? Um, and all the, I always mix up all the Mandalorians. Yeah, but I can't remember whoever was it. leading it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever Mandalorian, and it sort of ended the Mandalorian wars there, and then his ship got boarded. And oh yeah, and he was, and he was There's like a parallel there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's almost like this weird, like rhyming thing where, yes. yeah. Uh, and then he was, and then he was turned in. He forgot who he was after. Yeah, after which that, is right? his quote unquote his metaphorical death. Yeah, exactly. So I just thought that was kind of kind of poetic. Yeah, maybe poetic. I don't know if they did that intentionally or not, but um, I I think the uh, the backstory was more of a prequel it was written after his yeah. initial so maybe they did that on purpose i don't know yeah but hard to say hard to say just a little anything. observation yeah um sorry but, and darth malik yeah well this is somewhat fitting because darth malik's problem is being overshadowed by Revan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's kind of one of the reasons like he resents his place as like playing second fiddle but he also knows it like yeah <laughs> he knows he's second best yeah. Um, yeah, even early on that was always Revan yeah. was always more talented and Yeah. Smarter. Now, to be fair, Malik does have a lot he appears quite frequently in the Old Republic comic series as yeah. like a hero character, which is good. It's cool. It kind of builds him up and makes his story a little more tragic because in Knights of the Old Republic the video game, he's just the big bad. You don't get a lot of backstory for him. It's just he's just kind of the bad guy that instigates all this and then yeah. you have to defeat the real stories around Revan. Right. Um, but you do get this like you do see that Alec Malik was like genuine hearted in his like wanting like his pursuit for justice almost too much. Yeah. Um you can see how he's scarred by the Mandalorian Wars in the comics. Um he's literally tortured by them. Yeah. To the point that he can't grow his hair, hence his baldness later on. Um his persecution by his old Jedi comrades. Um, to the point that he has to change his name and like take on the pseudonym Malik, which he adopts before becoming a Darth, which is uh, an interesting note. It it is kind of sort of interesting, maybe even mythological a little bit. Like there's always there's a lot of um, stories that have these sort of dualities. Often it's depicted as like two brothers, you know, yeah. Cain and Abel or something like that. Yeah, I think and they're, they they have this sort of rivalry against each other, right? And, yeah, uh, th- this very like much leans into that, even though they're not like brothers, but 
that to me they're kind of it would they'd be the same archetype you yeah know, they're and they are they are classified as friends and like you see that even even malik kind of has feelings like no we should turn back to the jedi yeah and then he chooses his friendship with revan over his like conscience yeah yeah and star wars does kind of do this a little bit i think like even obi-wan kenobi and darth anakin skywalker could almost be similar similarly like that maybe some other characters too but yeah um yeah anyways brother anakin yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i can hear um just a note on malik's appearance Mm -hmm. um from james olin who i think was one of the designers on it um they wanted to evoke images of darth vader without being considered a carbon copy yeah so you can obviously yeah yeah um Obviously, like the the voice assistants, yeah. And, um, they, I think they did they differentiated him enough. Yeah, that he to, stands out on his own. Yeah, make him red instead of black. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I like I do get somewhat Darth Vader vibes, but it's not it's not it's too, not like beats you over the head with which yeah. yeah they did a good good job with. If anyone he does evoke Darth Malgus, who's a character we'll get into later on from the Kotor MMO. Yeah, I think has a lot of at least visual parallels with Malik. They both look very similar, yeah. um, and have that kind of like they sustain a traumatic injury and have to have this breathing apparatus. In Malik's case, his whole jaw is chopped off. Yeah, it's um quite interesting when you see in the video game when his jaws, his uh, mechanical jaw is in there. Yeah, and you can see the actual wound that Revan gave him. Right. Um. So to be fair, he does have a reason to be angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. A little bit on the name Malik. It's like all Sith names. It's actually derived from the word malice. Um, this has never been confirmed, but this has always been a personal theory of mine. So I'm going to voice it here. <laughs> um, but it sounds a lot like Moloch. Um, yeah. has been understood who may be ref- referring to the Canaanite God. Um, however, there is debate. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to use this as a quick excuse to jump into Bronze Age stuff because <laughs> I've been on a Bronze Age kick. So it's such a good era era (laughs) i mean not good but uh, (laughs) there's a lot to learn so interesting Interesting. yeah so fascinating yeah yeah um but so yeah moloch is often kind of thought of as a canaanite god but there is actually a jury out on whether or not um it was a god or just refers to the practice of sacrifice specifically in the phoenician context would probably imply child sacrifice um but they also might associate it, associate it with other gods, uh, including the god Baal, who himself would be maybe referring to multiple gods because Baal actually just means Lord. Yeah. So it could just be a title. So there's like Baal and then a name referring to a specific god. Yeah. I just had to had <laughs> to say that. I don't see how. Maybe it, it's coincidental, but I've I haven't seen like any direct association between Malik and Moloch. But it just seems so on the nose. I'm like, did no one? Yeah, the names was that do not sound an intentional. Similar, yeah. Um, well, I guess when you say it, but I don't know if the spelling is so much. Yeah, maybe just the the, the sound, thing. and it, it could though. just be happenstance. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the word malice has connotations with Moloch. I'll have to look into that. Could be, yeah. Maybe there's a linguistic tie. Um, and then just real quick mention, cause I have also like 40 K, but there's a Mesopotamian God called the Nurgle, which obviously <laughs> is derived into Nurgle, 
who is the god of death in the underworld, who is also the god of disease. Just had to throw that out there just because I'm here and I'm thinking about it. Uh, an interesting fact about Malik, his voice actor was actually the cousin of George Clooney. Oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Just a, just a thing. Um, Does he have a face for radio? <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't seen what he looks like. I'm sure there's pictures of him somewhere. Yeah. Maybe he does look like Malik. Yeah. <laughs> bald and wear something. Almost no chin. Yeah. You know, people. Literally no yeah. chin. <laughs> people. Last kind jaw. Kind of people have like very. Un- no. Non-pronounced chin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> not, we're not saying that about you if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Our chin. We haven't fr- seen you. Listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's a reason we do this not on video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to see our ugly mugs. Um, as I mentioned, Malik does appear a lot uh, in the Old Republic comics. He does appear to have romantic feelings for the character Jariel, um, and he seems to get rebuffed. Um, yeah. So, just an interesting tidbit if you haven't read the comic books. There's a little bit of like a love triangle there, but he seems to be the odd man out. Doesn't really indicate whether or not that has an effect on his psyche. Like that's not necessarily a reason he turns to the dark side, but just a interesting fact. Um, last thing, real quick, just talking about Revan's Sith Empire. Um, it is interesting to know its size and kind of how it fit into the wider galaxy. A, this conquest was fast, brutal, and wide ranging. Like Revan very well could have conquered the Republic if the whole incident with Malik blasting his gun, his, uh, his flagship didn't occur. Yeah. I um, mean, they, <clears throat> they did that quick. Yeah, exactly. Now, like, they conquered like, what was it? A third of the galaxy. Yeah, third. Right. Yeah. In, I don't even, I don't know if they ever specifically say how many years that took, but man, it couldn't have been more than two or three. Yeah, exactly. Most, like, which yeah. is crazy. And, and like typically when, people get conquered in in star wars like when the galactic empire conquered 100 percent of the galaxy however that was through like usurping the system yeah, it, was it wasn't political, an open conflict yeah conquest maneuvering than rather mil- than military conquest. yeah but this was like military conquest yeah. um so just interesting to note also there were some worlds because of revan's draw and people knowing him as a republic hero he would also influence other planets and like kind of these islands. So his yeah. influence was actually projected beyond quote unquote, the borders of his galaxy or sorry of his empire. And like, you'd have these kind of islands pop up to within Republic space of Revan supporters. Right. Because they're like, Oh yeah, Revan, we know that guy. We're not yeah. geographically beside his empire, but we support him. Yeah. Well, our Republic troops will fight for him. So it was a huge And problem. I do think, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I do think that like, and there is some, I can't recall them off the top of my head, but there is every now and again, there's some reference that like the wider galaxy, the average citizen doesn't really think much about the light or the dark side. Yeah. And that's not really a concern for them. It, like to them, Revan, they could care less if he's a Sith. It, it's yeah. just... He's the hero Revan, right? yeah. Like, and I have my fealty to him. And yeah, he must be the good guy. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think for the like the average, it's not as black and white as like we. And that's the danger of staying loyal to a political party. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that would kind of make sense with 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 that in mind. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
I'd like to see more Star Wars fiction that goes into like the common person's yeah, 100%. appreciation. Like if you look in real life, we're one world. How many people even care about their own government, their own politicians, right? Like right. how many people actually turn out to vote relative to the whole population? Most people care about their job, their food, their family, yeah. their very immediate concerns. So this big scale galactic level politics stuff, they're like, ah, yeah, yeah. Whatever side is making sure that I don't die, yeah. right? Yeah, and most people have never even encountered the force. Yeah, in in real life, like the vast, vast majority. Yeah, well, maybe most. not the. I think the force is a little more ubiquitous. It it could go by other things. It might be like a different religion, or yeah, maybe you might have a weirdo who can float things. Um, yeah, maybe. But yeah, like the doctrines of the Jedi or the doctrines of the Sith might definitely be above the average person. Yes. Yeah. Um. Like I, I believe at the at, at the height of the Jedi Order, like it was only ten thousand Jedi Knights. Yeah, which is like nothing. Yeah, in a galaxy <laughs> of like quintillions. Yeah, not exactly. more. Like it's like nothing. Yeah, it's, but now being a Jedi and being Force sensitive, that's two different distinctions. Which is why sure. you have whole species that are Force sensitive. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's why I'm. Like that's why I'm like hesitant whatever. to say you might not encounter yeah. the Force. But you may not encounter a Jedi or you might only hear about a Jedi. I still think there's a lot of species that would never encounter the force like in their entire life. Maybe. I'm not saying saying no. I'm just saying I don't know. And there's enough to go one way or the other on it. Okay. Sure. (laughs) I like to be specific. (laughs) Anyways, that's, uh, that's about all I have. Sweet. Well, um, I think we'll just, uh, Give a shout out to some of our new <laughs> patrons. Uh, we have some new ones on the docket. Just want to say thanks to everyone. If you would like to support the th- the show for three USDs a month, um, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash star lures and uh, hit us up. Helps Space us. fuel is expensive these days. Yeah. So. <laughs> Helps us. Um, but I want to give a big shout out to... Uh, two newer ones, uh, Radar and Emily. Thank you very much. Um, uh, really, really appreciate it. And also Emily sent us like, uh, she sent us an, a message here. I'm just going to read it quick. Uh, hey, guys, huge fan. Thank you. Uh, I can't believe how underrated y'all are. I agree. Best <laughs> best Star, Star Wars pod on the holonet, in my opinion. Um uh, I started last month, and it's also funny funny to hear y'all's predictions about future Disney releases. It's pretty spot on. You know, you have to remind me what we said because I yeah we've made a few predictions. Yeah, we, and we, I don't know which one we you're say all sorts to. of stuff about Disney, <laughs> and Star Wars. So. Remind us which one you're <laughs> referring to specifically. Yeah, uh, and she would love to hear more personal opinions, unfiltered. Sometimes I'm fine to get like I I don't really care about giving my personal opinions about yeah. stuff. Just, but if you have like something very specific you want us to give our opinion yeah. on, then, like do you have a question that yeah. we haven't addressed, and or yeah, or, or a character or a plot line or something, yeah, um, or something related to Star Wars. If it's like outside of Star Wars, we probably <laughs> don't want to delve too much into it. Yeah. Uh, although we will make exceptions for maybe some loose historical associations. Right, right, but, right. Yeah. No, yeah, no. I mean, like, if you want me to give like you know, my opinion on, on the war in Iraq. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, probably not going to do that. But my opinion on the war, the clone wars, however. <laughs> yes. um, uh, all right. Uh, another one from um, David. Uh, 
he says he's loved the show. He's listening to the Tarkin episode, and he 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 wanted to mention we missed an important fact that Peter Cushing played Van Helsing against Christopher Lee in Dracula. Oh, so an interesting Star Wars slash Dracula connection crossover. Yeah, <laughs> uh, even though um, uh, well. Yeah, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee never played in Star Wars together because no, Christopher yeah, Lee was a prequel. Came into the prequels, yeah. yeah. But the interesting connection. Yeah. Um, so thanks for that, uh, David. And then for the record, Peter Cushing is Tarkin and uh, Christopher yeah. Lee is none other than Darth Tyrannus slash yeah. <laughs> Count Dooku. Count Dooku. Um, and then this was from uh, either Anonymous or I forgot to write your name. Sorry. <laughs> um, they're a fan of the podcast. I recently listened to the Darth Vader episode. I thought I might email and tell you that uh, there is a comic book where instead of Darth Vader dying, he comes and redeems himself. Uh, when he redeems himself, he becomes a Jedi again. Uh, he even gets a white suit to show his change from dark to light. Um I would also like to, uh, to request you do an episode on Revan while you're listening We're to one in the of process the episodes. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> episodes. Also, <clears throat> listen uh, to the the Revan chist, which is like 76 or 77. Can't remember. Um, that's and there'll that's be other intro. ones in the future too. Yeah, they'll probably. We're be not more. done with Revan yet, but definitely the Revan chist and this one are kind of the, our two big Revan episodes. Probably so have far. a lot to do with yeah. Revan. Um, uh, okay, so. Interesting note on that comic book you're mentioning. Yeah, so it's like this alternate history. Yeah, so which I just kind of cool. I do at some point want to do an episode in the near future about uh, kind of what we refer to as Star Wars Infinities, which was always kind of yeah. like the alt history, what if kind of scenarios of Star Wars, which of which there is lots of published material. Uh, so it's not exactly like quote unquote canon in the context of legends. Yeah. This is going to get so confusing after we have layers of like what's real and what's not. Yeah. Um, but I do want to address like all those kind of side stories as like, it didn't actually happen, but what if it happened or what if this changed? Yeah. That almost be good bonus episodes or like uh, Patreon episodes or something. Yeah. To, yeah. To, I definitely, yeah. It, it's on our, our to do list. Yeah. Um, but on that note, yeah, it's, it's not off our radar. Um, a quick note on that since we're here though, there is a lot of conflict around Darth Vader's white suit. Um, a lot of people thought it looked absolutely horrendous. It, it's um, a little odd. You can Google it. Yeah. Maybe it's just people are used to seeing it in black and it's like garish if it's like not yeah. what you're expecting. Yeah. But um, I don't mind it so much. I think it's kind of a cool little variation. But I've I wish seen, it would have added some more contrast to it or something. Or yeah. another accent color. Or something. Yeah. But yeah. then all black looks good. So why doesn't all white look I good? don't know. It just... Seems wrong. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I personally don't mind it so much. Um, there was uh some also alternate fan art of Vader, kind of re- redeemed Vader and what he could look like, and mm. like he has like a modified breathing apparatus. Like, why would he use that heavy suit? And there's some lore reasons why you wouldn't use a suit because it is like meant to induce pain. It's like a very Sith infused yeah piece of equipment. Um, but we can address all that in an episode where we deal specifically in that story. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, all right. Uh, reach out to us. You can email us at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. You can also, uh, DM us on discord, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, just, uh, 
search Star Lords, you'll find it. Even if you Google it, all of our all of our stuff pop, is first stuff. So pop starting up. to trend, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Again, support us three dollars a month. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Star Lords. Give us a five star rating and review that helps us um reach more people and uh, tell all your friends. Yeah, tell all your friends. Also. Fan, uh, always, always, I keep forgetting to mention this. We should mention it more often, but always looking for fan fiction, fan art. Um, yeah, show us your Star Wars collection. Yes, yeah, so collectibles, toys, Lego. We, we have few, featured a few fans on our um, social media pages. So if you have like a cool collection or cool fan art or something, like we'll definitely give you a feature. Uh, I I won't guarantee it, yeah. uh, but um, we'll do our best. Yeah, we'll do our best. Uh, so send it over to us, uh, please, and thank you. All right, peace. <laughs>